Hello, beautiful souls. You're listening to the Angels and Awakening podcast. I'm your host and angel medium, Julie Jancis. As this episode airs, we are in the midst of COVID-19. Friends, this is tough stuff. There is discomfort and frustration for some, loss and grief for others. And while we're not here to minimize anyone's pain, in the midst of all of it, there is also beauty, love, grace, and compassion in the coming together, kind actions, and rebuilding. We can all see so clearly now that what impacts just one person on one side of the world can impact everyone everywhere. We feel oneness and empathy for one another like never before. This is a massive shift, a global awakening. Allow it to shift and awaken you. Know that as you do, we're here for you, to pray with you, to share your stories, to shine some light, and to help in any way we can as you heal. If you'd like to work one-on-one with me, book a distance session, or take the Angel Reiki School online to develop your own unique spiritual gifts. If you want to hear, feel, and connect with your personal angels more clearly, take my online Angel Communication e-course. Your angels want me to tell you that you're going to be okay. They want you to put together your own spirit team here on earth, a team of people and resources who can help you in every area where you need support. And we hope that you'll make us a part of your earthbound spirit team. Thank you for being here. Thank you for letting us be part of your healing journey. Now let's dive into the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Angels and Awakening podcast. I am so excited for today's interview. We are interviewing John Holland. You probably know John Holland because he has been everywhere as a psychic medium. He has written so many books that are just filled with divine inspiration from the other side. And my friends, you know that I only bring you people who I know I resonate with, I feel that really high vibration from. So I'm just so excited to connect with him today and to have him share his insights about the other side with you. I just want to say thank you so much for being here, for listening to the show. Now let's dive into the interview. John, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to be here. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Okay, John, let's hop right in because we've got big questions for you today. So when it comes to everything that's happening in the world today, COVID-19, it feels like we are going through so many different shifts of energy so quickly. She and- did say shifts. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. yeah, shifts of energy. And even as an energy healer, it's a lot to be going through. So talk to us about kind of your take on all of this, what's happening, what other people can really do to manage their energy during this time. Well, well, first of all, um, everyone's entitled to their opinion with what is happening. And when when COVID first uh, in back in March, a lot of people, Julie, were looking for me to be like a spokesperson or to give them hope. I wasn't ready to do that. I had to go through everything. You know, it was uh, anxiety, fear. What's happening? 
and it took like three weeks for me to come out of numbness. I think that's a great book title, Coming Out of Numbness. And, you know, before I could, I needed to deal with what was happening. And people like, yeah, but you're a spiritual man. I'm still human. I, you know, that we're half human. I mean, we're, you know, you have a physical body and a spiritual body. So I was half human. I had, I went through all those emotions. And then somebody uh, said something on a TV show that uh, really resonated with me. There was a therapist who was talking to an interviewer. And this was like back in March when we first had the shutdowns, you know, for all the states. And she said um, that the newscaster said to the uh, psychologist, what can you do to, what can you say to people right now that would help them uh, because uh, the people that are anxious or scared? And she said, well, we're, we're in unprecedented times, you know, that's the new word, you know, and the new normal, um, you know, we hear it over and over again. And she said that the only thing to do right now is to make sure you understand what you are in control of and what you are not in control of. And that just hit me and I went, wow, okay. Meaning I can control what news I watch, when I watch it, who I let call, um, because in the middle, because a lot of people that were still working and a lot of people would call during the day and I could be all, all on the phone all, you know, all day with them. So I had to, you know, have some boundaries with that. I am in control of if, what I eat, what I exercise, when I go out, how I protect myself, but I'm not in control of the news. I'm in control of listening to it or when I listen to it. So if people just understand what are you in control of and, and know what you are not in control of. And this is just a, it's a str very strange time. It's personal for each and every person, Julie. I just think you hear what's going on and you see all the people that are passing um, and, you know, there are millions of cases in the United States, around the world. And I, you just have to focus really on, I, I have hope. I have hope. And a lot of people like, is spirit saying anything to you? Is it, you know, and, I'm not a, I'm not a prophet, you know, and I'm not a prophet and people are like, yeah, but you're psychic. I'm like, I don't, there's this, I'm not God. But what I did get, I had to hold off on seeing clients. Uh, so I started doing readings on the phone. And when I'm with that client who wants to connect to their child or their mother or their dad or grandmother or best friend, I say to them before I start, um, cause I'm not going to spend all the time talking about COVID. That's not why they need me right now. So I did, I do say to people, Look, for the hour that we have, or however long it is, let it be just about you, me, and them. And uh, But they do see us on the other side of what's happening here. So all I can say to uh, what, what Spirit has said to me was stay connected, meaning we're so caught up in the physical, in the worry, in the anxiety, and, and, then, you, and then we're this two different teams. There are people who want to open up and not open up. People want to wear masks. People want to, it, it's, it's, it can just get to you. So I would just have to just take in what I wanted to, to take in. And when I say connected, besides this is pulling us away sometimes from our spirituality, other people, they're getting closer to it, but spirits, what it meant is stay connected to source, stay connected to God, stay connected to your guides, your angels. Because, and I heard this Julie on a, uh, an insurance commercial. The, 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 the tagline for the commercial was, when you're connected, you're protected. And I went, wow. You know what I mean? I wish I came up with that, but it's an insurance, car commercial insurance. But I think when you're connected, it helps you take a breath to realize you're not alone, that there's more going on here. And I do appreciate that, uh, you know, they're showing stuff around the world, how the air is cleaner, there's less pollution, the animals are coming on the streets and in the oceans here. And that's all well and good. And I'm happy about that. Some people may not 
are ready to see that. They're just like my kids, my job, my money. Do you know what I mean? So you have to take in what you what you feel right. And with all the news that's out there and the and the conspiracy theories, take in, trust what you feel is right. And it, it should resonate in your soul saying, you know what, that, that works with me. That works for me. So basically, yeah, we're in just some strange times right now. And but somebody did call it, um, we're in this season. And I went, wow, that's a good way to call it. Let's hope it's just a season, you know? And I do find now, instead of trying to, uh, people saying uh, in the news, trying to get rid of it, now we're learning how to live safely with it. So I'm st- I still wear, you know, not that I want to have this to be all about the COVID, but I still wear a mask when I go on. I'm going to do everything I can to keep myself safe and to keep others safe from me. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And and I think that that's kind of what I've been working through too is um, if you've ever read any of Dr. Hawkins' work, he'll talk about David Hawkins. He'll talk about how the news shifts the vibration low, right? right? And and at one point, I mean, on one hand, there is a threat. There is a real threat. I mean, you don't want to not take it seriously. Sure. But on the other hand, spirit keeps bringing me back to this memory I have, uh, you know, 12 years ago, being in college, doing an internship for ABC, NBC, and remembering, like I was writing this script, this Mm -hmm. story for a news anchor. And I remember thinking to myself, I could take this narrative this way, or I could take this narrative this way. And it's just based on what I wanted to give to my editor, the producer, in order to get my work on the show. And I think we all have to take this into account, Spirit keeps showing me, especially as this polarization keeps growing as we get towards the election, because I think it's like, I would love for this to be gone, this energy to be gone tomorrow, but I feel like this amp up is continuing on through mid-November. So I want people and and especially our listeners just to be prepared that we have to be very conscious of doing this work and creating these boundaries for ourselves. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's going to happen. I mean, there are going to be divides, Uh, but it's, I mean, everything that's going on where we forget. All right. Uh, We're one people. All right, we're souls, all right, all coming together, no matter what the encasing is or what political party you follow. And on a, on a good note, though, th- through all this, the kindness that I have seen from people is amazing. I've seen the other way, too, you know, uh, but the, I'm seeing mostly kindness. And I really believe what you put out, you attract. So what you watch, you attract. What you feel, you attract. You know, it's all about the law, uh, you know, the law of attraction in your soul. And this will make you spiritually sick. Also, it's like a spiritual virus too, though. And this is testing us. It really, really is, okay? Not that it's here to be a test, all right? But it's, uh, it will test you, your spirituality. And when you feel like you're getting so pulled out here, you've got to go back and just connect. And people are like, well, what do you mean connect? Connect to your, uh, your heart center. Connect to your soul, God, the universe. So it doesn't drain you. You've got to, you eat physical food. I mean, you eat food to keep the physical Get that light in, uh, you know, to feed the soul because you're a soul that comes with the body, not a body that comes with the soul. You're a soul first. Make sure you take care of that and just get quiet and really, really, really have boundaries. I've had people send me, you know, uh, videos of conspiracy. I'm like, look, yeah, please, please, you know, and then they, uh, it gets me upset. 
So I had to not, as someone may call and I know they're going to say, did you, I'm like, you know what? I'm a big boy. I see what I'm watching. I'm entitled to my opinion, you know, and I believe what I believe. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad that you went in that direction for people who don't understand what can it feel like to be spiritually sick? Um, well, to be, I think it's, uh, you're drained, you have no hope. And I'm not saying uh, a medical depression, okay? Because I'm not telling everyone not go off their, their meds or not to see their doctors. It's a lack of connection. When you keep having to say to yourself, um, not just about what's going on here, if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, if you keep saying to yourself, why do I keep doing this? Why does this keep happening to me? I don't believe I'm here again. That's your soul's way of saying, when did you check in with me last if you, but you have to catch yourself when you start saying, what's wrong with me? Why does this keep happening to me? Go in, go in. And it doesn't mean chanting with incense and bells. It's just getting quiet. Just get quiet five minutes a day. And I love it, Julie, when people say, um, I don't have five minutes. Oh, really? Aren't you doing this all day? <laughs> if you can scroll, you can yeah. take, if you can scroll, you can take five minutes just to get quiet through all this too. Yeah. And it's really just those five minutes that you need to create that crack in your life that right. they can work miracles through. Yeah. And be grateful. If your foot touches the floor in the morning, I think you're starting off okay. You know what I mean? So I think, uh, you know, be grateful that it's gorgeous out. Be grateful that if you have an animal, grateful if your kids are okay. Be grateful that the daffodils are coming up. Just gratitude can change the whole energy of something. And it's okay to reach out to others also. I bet many of your listeners right now, you're thinking of all these people you haven't talked to. And you're like, I wonder how they're doing. I wonder how they're doing. I wonder how they're doing. So call them. And if you're getting a vibe or if you're thinking of somebody out of the blue, uh, you haven't seen or talked to them in a while, call them. Call them. Because that maybe they're thinking of you at the same time. Yeah? Oh my gosh. Yeah. That is your intuition connecting, right? right? Absolutely. You know, and um, I want to go into this because uh, in your books, you talk about something and you say it in the most magical, brilliant way that I have never heard anybody describe it before. Okay. You talk about mediumship and how most people think of mediumship as connecting just to loved ones on the other side, bringing through how they passed, Mm -hmm. bringing through information about their life here. And I think that that's such a beautiful gift. I have been struggling since um, I came into this gift because this gift sort of landed on my doorstep when my father passed away. He was on his third wife and I started hearing from him before anybody was able to track us down to let us know. And um, that was a about a month long period. And it was just such a beautiful gift, but I was really confused because when I get into sessions and when I work with people throughout my training and afterwards, I was trained in energy healing and actually going through energy healing, like something was just right there, right? Like all these messages. So I know with Reiki, you're supposed to be silent (laughs) through your session, but it was like, And yet it's not about how that person passed. Information doesn't come through about um, that person's life when they were here. But John, it doesn't, like it never fails. People are always like, oh my God, I was just talking about that yesterday. And what spirit shows me is that my gift is really using energy healing and bringing through messages to help lift this heavier energy. 
I'm not a big fan of the word psychic, but what information does come through is information about where the person's at in their life mm-hmm. and what heaviness or where the egoic mind is kind of holding them back in a way from fully being on their path and living out their right. soul's purpose. So I read your book and I was like, Oh my goodness. He like explains it all and you call it an inspired speaker. When you open up your mouth and spirit is just right there talking through you or an energy healing medium where you can go into the body and really feel the Mm -hmm. heaviness within them. So can you talk a little bit about this and the different types of mediumship? Because The message I'm trying to communicate to the audience is that spirit shows me there's 7.5 billion people in the world and they can't all come to a place of spiritual awakening, healing using the same path. So I feel like there's new methods coming and I don't want to have people just think, oh, well, anybody can do this. I do think you need some training. I I think you need to study. Some. Yeah, a lot. You need to, I've worked with many different teachers. You need that and you get so much from it that you, I wouldn't be able to do this work without it. So I know this is a mess of a question, but just hop in here and let us know. (laughs) The question is these different forms of media. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Describe those. Well, there's, there's a lot of medium. Remember, mediumship is not just connecting to people on the other side. It's also to help the living. And I saw a lot of mediumship when I was training in England. Uh, most of us do mental mediumship. It means thought to thought. All right. It's like, you know, my thought goes to the thought of the people on the other side and vice versa. So that's mental mediumship. It's a form of telepathy, you know, because they don't have voice boxes on the other side. There's no vocal cords. So they have to think the pictures or the words or the feelings. Uh, but when I was in England, England I, I experienced a lot. And there were many people, you, you have seen somebody on stage and you feel like the speaker is talking exactly right to you only. But I saw inspired speaking. And that is when a speaker can get up in front of somebody unrehearsed and somebody from the congregation or the audience will give somebody a, just a word. Uh, give the medium a word and it could be pets. Okay. And then even though the medium might not have had an animal or had a pet, these, these words that just flows. And some people are like, well, isn't that channeling? Yes or no. I'm not a big fan of the word channeling. All right. Cause back in the day, it was like, there was a lot of fraud going on. Um, but um, I guess I am a channel for spirit, but I don't call myself that. And the, in, in the circle or in the classes that I took, they would have us just go into a space and pick a word from a box and, you know, and it would, someone, the, the instructor would write down a word. And as soon as we spread the word, we just had to open our mouths and just start talking. And some of the stuff that came through was very, very poetic through me. And I never went to college. I'm not a poet, but it's it, in the beginning of, actually, I have it right. And I didn't know you were going to ask this. So um, there was a, t- when I went to England and for any of the students uh, or people listening, we always want things fast. And you know what I mean here in the West. Okay, we want it fast. Um, I had a woman call my office and said, um, uh, "I want tell me about the mediumship training." And my assistant tried to tell her that, "Look, there's a process. You, you know, sitting in circle, sitting with others, practicing." And she said, um, "And Laura told the my assistant Laura told the person, "Look, it took John two to three years even before." 
he even started doing any of this. And it was. And she goes, oh, no, 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 no. I need it in a weekend. I'm like, "Uh, you are not going to be a medium in a weekend. But in England, many years ago, I only had a certain amount of time there. I wanted it faster. And so I chose the word rose. And remember, the biggest concern for me over there was I knew I was going to be there for a long time, even though it was two and two and a half years. Um, I wanted to, I want my mediumship to be faster, better. And I chose the word rose. And this is what came through. Your gifts are like a rose unfolding. You cannot force the bloom. When the rose is opened, then and only then will you see it, feel it, and finally know it. And I went, wow. It just, it, in other words, you're not ready. When you're ready, you'll bloom. So that was inspired just by that word. Now, I know that's not me. That does not mean it just, and it just flowed out of me. And when it comes to this work too, though, people should, you know, a lot of mediums, they want names, they want to see, they want to hear, they want to, you know, they have certain ways that they want to work. You have to say to spirit, spirit, help me to work the way you want me to work, not the way I want to work. See? Yeah. And, and it, you're, you are in partnership. It's okay saying, can you get that louder? Can that be louder? Um, so inspired speaking, it's when words just flow. And a lot of people do inspired writing. It's, it's almost the same thing. Okay. Yeah you know, inspired writing. Then I saw healing mediumship where people were going into the church and they're just putting their hands on their shoulders and they just are real quiet. And you see people leaving there a little more energy, maybe not limping uh, as much when they come in here. And you have to realize too, for all the people who are watching or will be watching, you, the, the ability, the power is not coming from you. It's coming through you, mm-hmm. from spirit, through spirit, mm-hmm. to spirit. Get it? From spirit, through spirit, to spirit. Um, so there's healing mediumship. And I think healing uh, mediumship is the highest form of uh, mediumship anyways. Yeah. Um, and then I saw transfiguration. Uh, so I wrote this. And you're talking about bridging two realms, my book. because you, you, I don't know yeah. if you said the title. Yeah. Uh, transfiguration is when a medium comes out and it's in, it's in the light. Uh, you might dim the light. They showed a red light. And I witnessed it. When I was a student, someone said, you want to go see a transfiguration medium? And I said, what? No, where? So I went there as a student, and there's a gentleman. We went into a church, and a gentleman walks out on the stage of the platform. And how, I don't know how old you are, darling. You look young, but um, most people know the Adams family, okay? Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm 38. <laughs> okay. And the, uh, one of the characters is Uncle Fester. And, you know, he was a bald guy and round. Well, that's how the medium looked. He came out, bald head. He was kind of, uh, uh, he was roundish. And he just sat there, explained uh, what, what, he, what was about to happen. And transfiguration mediumship, in my first book, Born Knowing, I didn't write about it because I needed to people, I didn't want to tell them this right away. I had to get them, a, I had to educate them first. And he came out and he just kind of like went into a slight meditational trance, okay? And then like this this, I don't want to say it's a miss like the movies, but it was almost like energy waves in front of his face. And I could, and people could see, now you see his face and then you see like a film. All right. That's ectoplasm. Uh, but not like the movies and you would see faces pushed through. And I saw which I saw, uh, remember he's round Caucasian and bald. I saw a long mustache and then this, and then his eyes go like this. You could see him, and it wasn't a screen. It wasn't a special camera. There was no 3D mirrors. We were in this very, it, it was just a church, okay? And I kept wiping my eyes like this, saying, am I seeing what I think I'm seeing? So I asked the guy beside me, I said, what are you seeing? He goes, I see a Chinese man. I asked the girl beside me, what are you seeing? She goes, I see a Chinese man. And then you would see mothers come through, 
fathers. And I, I wasn't sure if I was physically seeing it or if it was my third eye. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is weird. Am I really seeing this? And then he's up there and he's here. There's people on the right and people on the left. He looks over to his left. And remember, his eyes are closed the whole time. And I saw a young boy. All right. Now, it's not clear like an p- image, okay? But I could tell it wasn't an old man. It wasn't a mom. It looked like a young man. And he looks over in my section and he says, John. And I went, oh, no. No. And I'm like, and he's waiting. And he says, John. And all my, th- my colleagues and my friends were like, say something. I'm like, no, I want to hear what, let, let him say something else. And so he says, John, it's me, Michael. And I went, oh, my God. I said, okay. Little did anybody know. I said, I'm John. and Yes, I Michael, I know Michael. And he says, please tell my family I didn't mean to do it. Two weeks before that, nobody knew this, none of my friends. I mean, they were uh, students of mine. I mean, not students of mine, I was, they were fellow students. Michael was a brother of a friend of mine named Cindy, and her brother died of a heroin overdose. And they always wanted to know, did he do it? Was it an accident? Well, here he is in England, transfiguration medium, looks over to me, calls out my name. I'm like, no, 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 no. And he says, John, it's me, Michael. Please tell my family I didn't mean to do it. And I said, and I will. And then he just drew back and then he went on. And then another face would come through. Really, really cool. Really, really weird. Really kind of spooky at the same time. But it was, uh, I called Cindy and I said, Cindy, you're not going to believe what happened. She knows what I was into, all right? Because she knows I have this ability. And she said, I'm not surprised. He's already showing up in other people's dreams who also use heroin you know, his friends. So that was transfiguration. It's rare, but you will see it. You, it, it is out there. Um, there's that. There's, so there's mental mediumship, there's transfiguration, there's healing, there's spirit, uh, spirit artist. I experienced this in England where you sit with the medium that not only give it evidence of the afterlife, I mean, of the, the continuity of the soul. I have a father here. He's talking about his lung condition. He has, he's telling me you're one of his four girls, you know that. But a spirit artist, some people call it a psychic artist, they draw the person that they're connecting with. And, it, and I had it done for me. And uh, my Coral Polger passed away. And so imagine going to a medium and they're talking about your dad. And then never met the dad. It's not from a photograph. It's from them. And it may show your dad as a young man or how he was. At, not when he, it's always, it's never when they, what they look like when they pass. But an image of them. And most people can match up photographs of it also. It's amazing. So, so there's that too. There's so, there's so many. I mean, like I said, inspired, inspired speaking, uh, transfiguration mediumship, this physical mediumship, which was big back in the day where, you know, things used to move in the seance room. But that was a lot of that was in the dark and there was a lot of fraud. That's, not, that's why now, uh, even at the Arthur Finley College, where I studied, not full time, I went there for some courses, the, the days of sitting in the dark with seances, I'm, and, and I'm sorry. Those days are over with. Do you know what I mean? Those are, they're over with. No one is going to sit in the dark uh, because there's so much that could happen. But they are saying, which I think is great, at the Arthur Finley College, if you want to do a seance in the dark, then uh, the, the participants will be wearing the night vision glasses. So no one, so there's no trickery. Do you understand? So, yeah, so that's just a few of them. I mean, but I list them all in Bridging Two Realms. And I, the reason why I did that is I wanted people to experience that it's not just mental mediumship, maybe mental mediumship, working with a medium regularly, that works. Maybe someone would like a spirit artist. Maybe someone would like an inspired, going to an inspired lecture. And, and when it comes to inspired speaking, I don't want to go on too much, but many people have experienced this. You might be sitting with someone, Julie, and 
all of a sudden these words come out of your mouth of wisdom mm-hmm. or whatever. Some people, many people have had stuff come out of their mouth. You're like, God, where did that come from? And they explain it away like, oh, my God, how weird. You know what I mean? And it's not. It's inspired. It could be from a guy. It could be from your soul. It could be your intuition. It's, it, that's inspiring. When something comes out and you don't know where it came from, but yet there's an, an elegance to it and grace. Yeah. And I, the only way that I can describe it to people is that the way that I process energy when I'm going to speak and it's myself is that some energy is within my mind, like the thought is almost within the mind and I can feel it before it comes through. Right. I can get a sense of that thought before it comes through. Sure. But there are times where I will be in a session and my consciousness is kind of saying, I know my mouth is open. I know I'm talking, but there is no energy within my mind. I don't know where these words are coming from because I'm not thinking them. I'm right. just speaking. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think a lot of counselors may do some inspired speaking. They don't even realize it. I really, really do. And I think doctors, uh, I think their intuition is also working with them or their psychic ability. Psychic means just, it's from the Greek psychos, not psycho. It just means of the soul. I think that uh, you go see a doctor and uh, you're going in for a certain pain in your arm, but yet they're like, hmm, how's your, how's your back? How's this? So something else is telling them to go somewhere else. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and it's interesting, too, because I don't know what you would call it exactly, but there is um, like when I get into a session, I'm working with clients, this circle appears and whoever is inside the circle is who wants to step forward. That's a part of their spirit team. Mm -hmm. And there's always angel energy right there with it. And very early on when I was um, studying, there was a a set of female archangels on the other side, led by one, Serafina, who would constantly work with me, would always be there. And what's fascinating is I have taught other people how I do my work and how to open their spiritual gifts. And I had um, a woman last month who I was working with for a while and she called and she goes, because I haven't talked about Serafina before on the podcast. I haven't been open about her until now. She goes, who is Archangel Serafina? And she goes, she goes, does she look exactly like this? And she started describing her personality and what she looks like and what she's here to do and her mission. And I'm like, what? I have never told anybody before. And she's right there working with other people too. So it's just so fascinating because when I work with her, it's not like I'm taking on her personality or it's not like my voice changes. It's just, she's right next to the energy messages. Yeah. 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 That's beautiful. I mean, that's beautiful. I mean, and I'd be curious too, was that woman tapping into that angel herself or is she so psychic that she got it from you. See, now that's what we teach too. It's like every medium is psychic, but not every psychic is a medium. Every medium is psychic because we need our psychic faculties working through the energy centers of, uh, you know, in clairaudience, clairsentient, clairvoyance, but not every psychic is a medium, which is fine. Okay. We need good psychics to help guide us and put us on, put, put us in the right direction. When it comes to that, it's, uh, if a psychic is very, very good and somebody walks, if somebody walks in to a psychic's office, and the person is thinking, God, I miss my mom. I miss my mom. Even though they're going for a job reading about their career, the psychic could pick up, oh, you lost your mom. 
Is the psychic really connecting to the mom or is she connecting to the thoughts of the client who just walked in? You see? So you yeah. have to discern, are you with spirit or you're not with spirit? And when you watch in our classroom that I teach uh, with many other speakers, you can see, you know, when they're tapping in to the other side or it's a psychic thing. It's just yeah. discerning. Yeah. Yeah. That beautiful energy. Yeah. No. And I'm so interested too, because I asked our audience, you know, what questions do they have for you? Sure. And they really had this question of, and I get it all the time, but I want to see how you describe the answer. You have the egoic mind. And when you start doing this work, your egoic mind, I like to tell people, doesn't want you to quit. It wants you to sabotage. It's going to sabotage your progress, hold you back as much as possible so that it slows you down. Yeah. It gets in the way. And it seems like the toughest piece for people to work through, whether it's their spiritual awakening or coming into their spiritual gifts. Sure. How do you recommend people work through that egoic mind to really trust and believe? Well, I mean, there's nothing wrong with ego. You know, this ego and then this spirit. You need uh, this ego and this egotistical. Yeah. I need an ego to step in front of 2,000 people. Okay, you've got to have an ego, not an, not egotistical. Your ego is, you know, it helps you here, you know. And what did Wayne Dyer say? When you have too much of an ego, it means it's uh, edging God out. Yes. Right? I say that the best way to do is you have, I call it psychological slavery also. We're conditioned as children, whether it was by parents or teachers, and no disrespect, that's, you know, what is instilled in us that, in, that we still, it's almost like looking at a television, you see that ticker tape on the bottom. Right. So it's uh, it's reconditioning. If you have a thought that uh, I'm not good enough, maybe you were told you weren't good enough. You got to change that thought. And I had someone you could use all the tarot cards you want, all the classes, all the workshops, the DVDs, uh, everything. But if you're not working on that psychological past conditioning uh, that we were, you know, in changing it, you know, using a better affirmation or better visualization here. It's not, it's not going to, it's almost like the, you're following the steps, but you're not going to make it so much if that's, you got to work on that first. Okay. And with notice what you're saying, if you're, if you're doing what you do or something else, what are the words that you're hearing? Try to where is that coming from? Okay. And the best thing to do is it's practice. I was raised in an alcoholic home uh, in the ghetto. I never thought I'd have this kind of uh, job. I never set out to be a medium. Um, I never thought I was good, in, good enough for so. But practice, learning to just trust and get out of your own way. Less of you, more of spirit. Because if you're doing it, and you have to let some stuff go. Because say you have an alcoholic dad, all right? Somebody comes to see you whose dad was an alcoholic. Uh, maybe the reader, dad wasn't a nice man when he drank. So the person you're connecting, the client comes in, the person comes in in need, and you're connecting to their dad. You have to make sure that it's not your own mind that's clouding the reading saying, yeah, he still has issues. He's still mean. He's still, that's the medium. That is not spirit because they leave all that. I mean, when people go to the other side, for those who, well, obviously are watching and listening, they really do I will have a dad come through. If, I, if I'm with an audience or somebody I come, th- come through, I will give the personality of, personality of what that dad was like when he was here. So the person in the audience, you know, if someone had a dad that wasn't nice to them when he was drinking and I said, your dad's here, what a kind, what a kind peaceful man he was. She'd be like, that's not my dad. He, they will give me their personality. So that person in the audience goes, that's my dad. 
and I try to tell the audience they don't have that ego anymore. That, that's their, that's their, you know, that's a physical thing here. They take, they, they step back on the other side and they get to see all the joy they gave and all the pain that they caused. And I really believe in a life review, Julie, I really do. I think when you go to the other side, you see all the positive, all the negative, and you know, you are your own judge and jury on the other side. So it's practicing, getting out of the way. And if people keep practicing, they'll know. And I'll still see some people working from that ego place. And I'm like, no, that's not, you're not, you're not in the power. Listen to the words. You're not in the power of spirit right now. You're not with that. You know what I mean? Your own mind is coming in here. I had, um, there was a medium raised very Catholic, uh, very, very Catholic when he was growing up. And he, he said to the, uh, a mom whose son passed away by suicide, they're in purgatory right now. Well, how do you think that mother felt? That's the, that's the, and I was raised Catholic too. And I respect all religions. I look at all religions, like a, a spoke, different spokes on the wheel, but the wheels go in the same place. But that was that medium's upbringing. You know what I mean? To tell a mother that someone is stuck in purgatory, the kids like the mother's like, wait a minute, they didn't move on. No, they're stuck. That's what the medium said. No, I, that's, and remember everything that I'm saying, everybody in my books, bridging two rounds, my last book, uh, learn to communicate with the other the other side. It's from my experience, my readings, and what I've witnessed. Uh, because some people will challenge me. And I'm saying, look, I if I didn't have an experience of a ghost or hauntings, it's because I haven't experienced that. Right. See, right? Yeah, yeah. And I totally hear what you're saying about projection. It's one of the things I think we have to work on most and learn how to not. Yeah. You know, because I come from a divorced background and I tell women all the time, if you're learning to do this and let's say your parents were divorced and you got a divorce, um, you know, just because a woman comes in fighting with her husband doesn't mean that they're getting divorced too. And you have to check that energy within you. That's the truth. Yep. Yep. Um, Well, and speaking of that too, the other thing that I see happening and what I'm trying to communicate to the audience is that you can go see anybody, but you still have free will. And so somebody could tell you, um, like it, it happened to me this year where I was actually just doing an interview with a gentleman. And as soon as I got into his office, he was like, why do I see moving boxes? And my husband and I have been trying to make this decision for the last two years of do we stay in our tiny, you know, tri-level in Chicago land, you know, or do we, I mean, we're not talking about a big upgrade. We're talking about having a basement, you know, and an extra room. Do we make the upgrade? And so he's like, well, why do I see the boxes? And I left there thinking, you know, but, I've made the decision to stay in our home. And so it happens so often where people will call my office and they'll be like, oh my God, this person just told me this. They're told me that um, something's wrong with my marriage or that we're getting divorced or that this is happening. What spirit shows me is that we have free will. So anybody could say anything, but it's our choice at the end of the day. That energy can be so powerful and take a hold of somebody within their auric field. How do they work through that energy after hearing something like that in order to be able to still make that free will decision on their own? Does that well, a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of people put their, that's why the, doing this kind of work, it's a huge responsibility. Your, the, people's lives are in your hands. They really, really are, whether it's psychic, intuitive, uh, clairvoyant, medium, people's lives are in your hands. And, and I teach, I'm very hard with ethics. 
Okay, there are ethics uh, with this. And so many people come to see us, uh, well, even on a psychic level, they want us to tell them everything on, on how, you know what I mean? It's like, look, it's in partnership, okay? And if somebody says, look, you're going to meet somebody in October, but if you don't get off the couch, it ain't going to happen. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, you know, you have to, you know, not that you're going to make a prediction. I always say to somebody, why am I getting, Ger you might go to Germany. They'll be like, well, and I said, now don't go book it because John Holland said it. I said, let it come to you naturally. But I think that uh, you, it's, it's true. You have free will. Um, so you have to say, okay. Uh, and then there may be a psychic who says something like, oh my God, I see you in Africa on a safari. And the person will be like, I have no desire to go to Africa. I don't. I don't like being in the wild. I don't want to go out. I'm a city person. The psychic will get a call two years later. Oh my God, guess where I just came back from, from an African safari. I met this new guy. He has family out there. See, so you got to, sometimes in two, that's why they go see psychics. It's like, look, they can not, you know, they can see a potential of the future. I don't believe the future is set in stone. Uh, if a psychic says something to you that doesn't resonate with you, you do have free will to change things also. All right. And you have to, and what was the rest of the reading like? Did they give validation or somebody was, no. <laughs> but we're still trying to make this decision. And we actually listed our house on the market, but there's nothing really out there that we want. And I keep seeing all these signs and actually spirit has me waking up. I am the best sleeper. My head hits the pillow. I'm out. Right. I'm, I'm asleep all night. Yeah. I have woken up at 3.33 every night this week. And so I feel the heavy energy. I'm trying to work through it. And I sat down with Spirit and they finally showed me the numbers. And it's like, if we move, the amount of interest that we're going to be paying on this new house is crazy that you're not paying off the principal at first. Right. Whereas if we stay where we are and fix it up, yeah, it's a little bit smaller, but we can work with that and we'll have this huge nest egg for retirement. Right. And like once I got into that energy, like I felt settled, I felt at peace. I was like, okay, this feels. Now you said you, I mean, somebody said this to you, you're not giving me, was it an intuitive? Was it a therapist? Was okay. it a financial advisor? Yeah, no, no, no. Psychic medium. Okay. Yeah. yeah. When you went to see this person, were you thinking of moving? Yeah, we were. And that's well, it. Are you sure he wasn't? If he said to you, are you thinking of moving? Because right. I'm seeing, and that, and, and when, the, when the intuitive said to you, or the, or the psychic medium said to you, what do boxes mean to you? Well, what does it mean to the medium? Right. You, right. What does a duck mean? What is a, what is a bird? If a, if a medium says, what does a bird mean? Sometimes, you know, um, I'll get a, a symbol that I don't understand and I'll ask. But people have to be, you got to be careful because I teach students also impression versus expression. Mm. Impression versus expression. What comes in, you got to be careful. Um, if you're seeing something with somebody's chest, you're not going to say, do you have a tumor? <laughs> it's okay to say, is this area sensitive? Just keep an eye on it. See what I mean? I'm getting something like, wow, there might be some, an issue there. I may not get exactly what it is, but there's a way to say things too. And there was a woman on a cruise that I did once uh, not too long ago with Colette Baron reed And I was walking down to get on stage and she said, uh, Colette was on the stage and she said, can I talk to you? And I said, sure. She said, I just want to thank you. And I said, why? And I, she said, you said to me in a reading, I don't know if it was on my radio show when I had it or in person or what. She said to me, you said to me that you thought maybe that, uh, did I have a thyroid issue? Was there something about the thyroid? She said, 
I did take your advice. I, I didn't tell her, go see a doctor. I said, if it's bothering you or if you have an appointment, sure enough, thyroid, she started getting, it was the beginnings of thyroid cancer. Wow. And she said, if it wasn't for me or her people saying uh, or impressing me, think of the word impressing me to say that to her, she might've developed full-blown thyroid cancer. And so they, she had the surgery and, she, and then she started to cry. I started to cry because you got to be so careful what you say to people. Now, I didn't say to her, do you have cancer? In the, do you have a thyroid cancer? I know I must have said, is there a problem with the thyroid? Is there like a polyp? Is there, are you okay there? And she must have asked her doctor or something. But look, it, it, she, it, it got to be forewarned is to be forearmed. All right. But she was wise enough to just go check it out anyways. And if I was wrong, I'd be glad. But it was the starting of thyroid cancer and, and she had to cut out and, or she had a thyroid removed, but it was very touching. So yeah, yeah. you gotta be careful. Uh, not every psychic and the person that recommended, if, if someone is recommended to you, I never say just uh, when people sometimes with my appointments, people like I, I, I saw you on the Internet. And I'm like, wow. OK, I tell people don't find somebody on the Internet. Go by word of mouth or see their YouTube footage. Are they an author? Do they have any other material? Out? Go always, always go by word of mouth. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, and I do think that he was tapping into something because it was a huge decision. It still is on our minds. I just want people to understand that they do have that free will of if somebody says something, you know, uh, no, it's this. You can always say, no, this is what I want. And that's okay. I think that's why we're here. Uh, to kind of unfold. Yeah, I don't think the future's written in stone. I think you have, I, I really believe, imagine if we didn't have free will. You know what I mean? I think there are some things that, you know, there's destiny versus fate, you know, see? So, yeah. I want to ask you this. So when you have your clear audience gift that comes through, do you hear other people's voices on the other side as they talked here? Or are you hearing your own internal dialogue? Yep. A good story. In Bridging Two Realms, I talk about clear audience. When I was reading all these books as a student, I was reading all these spiritualist books while I was in the UK. And there were books that were like, my guide came to me and taught me clairvoyance. My guide came to me or appeared to me and showed me what was ahead. My guide came to me. Well, I thought I, I just waited, you know, and I, I was waiting for this big booming voice like, hello, John, my name is uh, Abdi. Um, I've been with you for thousands of years. I really thought that this voice was going to come out of the, you know, but uh, this subjective inside my mind and objective. Many people hear their name being called and nobody is there. That's objective. That's outside your head. I'll, I will hear it in my own voice. That's why people get confused. Yeah. But I will know if it's a male or female. I will clear sentently feel if they're young or old or a child. I may see clairvoyantly the part in the, your grandfather's part in his hair that it had to be perfect. Um, you know, some of them will kick in here, but it's, it's in my inner voice. And I might just hear a word and it's practice. Like, okay, is this my thoughts or is this uh, somebody, is this a, a spirit's thought or an intuitive thought? People should ask themselves if they get a thought whether hearing, feeling, or seeing, is this coming to me? Or from me? Is this coming to me or from me? Just by saying, is this coming to me or from me? Just by discerning that, you're like, oh yeah, this is my stuff, you know? Or no, I know it's them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's so powerful, right? In this day and age where the collective consciousness is awakening so much more. Um, I love that you went to Arthur, 
Arthur Finley College. I would love to go study there sometimes. Every time I see the picture of the front, I think of the Xavier School for X Men. Yeah, people say Hogwarts too, but it's not. <laughs> and remember, it's not. It's called the uh, Arthur Finley College. It's not a college like Boston University or Harvard. It's a beautiful mansion. Uh, that Arthur Finley donated to the Spiritual uh, National Union for students. And you can't, someone goes, well, I'm going to go there for half a year. You can't. You can't. You take week-long courses to the most because you're working nine in the morning to eight at night every day. That's a lot of energy. That is a lot of energy. And I also started off in, in Bridging Two Realms. I really do believe that the consciousness of man is changing. We're more sensitive. The word empathic, which never used to be around, is big time now. Is the consciousness of man, women, uh, changing or, or is the veil on the other side getting closer? I think it's a little bit of both. I think we're becoming more sensitive. And I think technology is doing that to us too. Uh, you know what I mean? Technology. I think it's, it's making us more sensitive. And remember, back in the day, we didn't have internet or, I mean, even back in television. I mean, you can see anything instantly right now. So if you're seeing something that happened negative or positive on the, on the other side of the world, just seeing it, you're being affected by a lot that's out there, and it's making us even more sensitive. You are one big psychic antenna, so you have to learn to control it also. And I know you asked me in the email you sent me, do you think that science will ever come up with something where we can talk to the other side? As a matter of fact, um, I think it was Edison. Edison, before he died, was working on a spirit phone. And I swear, if that man lived, I bet you he would have done it. But I think there's, there's going to be, I mean, now uh, Gary Schwartz, who's also the Ariz University of Arizona, he puts the, 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 the brain cap on you with all the wires, and you can see what's coming from, that from the mind of the medium, what's coming from somewhere else. So I think we'll get there eventually. I don't know, but my lifetime, I think there will be, it's, it, you know, and I really believe, and also going back to inspiration, where do you think some of these inventors got their inventions, right? Yeah. And it's like, oh my God, it came to me in a dream. I just had this idea. I believe a lot of discoveries and, and uh, uh, you know, different things in the, on the planet were giving from spirit, from God, from the universe, uh, the divine. Um, they're inspired. And because someone will say, oh my God, where did I come up with that idea? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I tell my clients all the time and I say it on the podcast we, the worst thing that we did, well, maybe not the worst, but in humanity was saying that the imagination is some child's thing that's not real. Right. It's how we all create and so much of it is divinely inspired. It is put there by spirit. So I love that you explain that too about how you hear with Claire audience, because not like we just want anybody to go pick up and do this work on their own without some teaching, because like you said, this is the ultimate responsibility. You have other people's lives in right. your hands. And, and I, I love this work, but I very much take it seriously to the nth degree because of that. So you don't want to just pick it up and start randomly giving out messages to everybody, but they're working with us every day and not just us, but everybody That's right. coming through. Yeah. And I think, I think the spirit, I mean, and your loved ones are trying to get your attention all the other t a lot, but we explain it away all the time. You know, we really, really do. You're thinking of your dad, uh, Joe, just when you're thinking of him, you, you pull up to a license plate that says Joey number one or something you see, but 
being human, we explain it away. And uh, we always say, oh, my God, how weird, how strange, you know, or you think it's out of, you're thinking of somebody out of the blue and you see you, you haven't seen them in three years. You go to the supermarket. There they are. Yeah. <laughs> and both of you might say, oh, my God, I was just thinking about you. Instead of just walking away saying how weird, spend some time with that person. Why did you have that thought of that person? I think it's more than just a telepathic thing. You know, I think this will reach out to you somehow, some way without him trying. You always reach out to them. There's something more there. That's synchronicity playing her hand. Yeah. I really do. Yeah, that's so beautiful. Okay, I got two more questions for you. Sure. And I don't know if this is too personal. So if it is, you don't have to answer. But with your mom being on the other side, what tools do you use to build and create that relationship with her and keep that going? Well, a lot of people, they don't understand. They think that the way I read for them is the way I communicate with my mother. I don't. I can read somebody better if I don't know anything about them because then I, you know, then I, uh, you know, then I can be uh, objective. But for me, it's hard, not hard. I, I feel my mother when she's around, but it's not going to be like um, if I talked about you, um, you know, and your dad, and I talked about now you're just his only daughter or his younger daughter, you with the older brother or something with you. Yeah, um, there I've got um, a younger sister, and then he's got uh, two boys from another marriage. Right. Yeah. So I could read better for you with clearer than I could read for myself with my mother. But all I do is um, I keep saying your loved ones are just a thought away. Your loved ones are just a thought away. And sometimes every once in a while, if I'm doing a, uh, if I'm on stage or the platform and I'm reading for an audience or even privately, I can feel my mother on the fringes of the circle. And I think, I think she might be working with them saying, say this, he'll get this. He knows this. Talk about raviolis. Talk about this. You know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah. So um, I build it by, uh, I just keep thinking of her. And they don't want us to be uh, sad here. We're the ones that go on. Uh, they want us to be happy. And I use a lot of humor in my work because it raises the energy of the room. If you have 100, 200, 300, 800 people, I'm not going to sit there and talk about death, okay? Because it just lowers the energy. You can't die for the life of you, Julie. You can't, right? So keep thinking of them. And in the book, I also teach different techniques uh, where you can get even closer to them. And one of them is get the best picture you have of a loved one. And look for the, the happiest smile, the brightest eyes, because eyes are the window to the soul. Look into those eyes, light a small bolt of candle, get quiet, get quiet. With all this outside noise, you're not going to feel intuition or your intuitive ability or loved ones on the other side. If there's so much noise on the outside, you have to get quiet because it's so subtle. And if you, and we teach students, open up your aura, blend with that, get a link. And then blend with them. Ask them to step forward. Same thing with someone who is not a medium. You don't have to be a medium to do this. Say if you have a child, a mother, a father, brother, sister, look at the picture. Close your eyes and say, it's okay if you – I think they take their cues from us, Julie, on the other side. I think if they know, if they make themselves known to us in, in any shape or form and we're not ready for it, they're going to go to somebody else or wait until you're a little more emotionally more stable and you're not going to be so emotional. But it's okay to say, step in. All right. You may feel a warmth on your shoulders, but what do we do as human? We'll look for the heat in the back of us. We'll look for the fan. Okay. If you feel a cold breeze on your feet, you're going to say, is it the vent? Just, you know, accept it. And, and they want you, and, and you have to say, is that you? Do it again. Do it again. You may feel a kiss. You may have a dream. You may feel a hug. 
but yeah, that, I mean, that's how I was trained anyways. And, and people can do it for themselves, not just to be a medium, but to, to, to light the candle, get in that quiet space, light that candle, look at that, because that's how they really are. All right. They're not like, because they hate it when you, especially women with me, uh, I'll have a mother come through, tell her not to remember me the way I look before I passed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So is there vanity on the other side? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't want to put you on the spot, but I, if you just have any quick messages um, or anything that you're bringing through, I'd so appreciate it. But if you can't do that, I totally understand. No, see, uh, because I'm not in mediumship form now. There's John who's being interviewed and then yeah. there's John. Some things may, may come in here, but I, yeah. I do, I do think without looking at you, cause I'm looking right at the camera, not at you. Cause I, I don't want to, I'd rather look away. Are you not a mom yet? No, I, I am. Yeah, I have okay. a year old little girl, nine year old. Okay. I was going to say, I'm surprised you're not a mom. Okay. But you are already. Haven't you thought, I mean, you already did this. I think that you've got that teacher quality about you, obviously. Um, have you, have you written a children's book for your daughter? Have you, there's something about children's books with you. So I don't know if this means, that's why I said, I asked if you had kids, because I don't know if you're teaching kids or you're thinking about a children's book and it has to do with the angels. But I think that's hovering in your stratosphere, in your atmosphere, in your aura also. Oh, that's so wild because I have my master's degree in elementary education. Shut up. And uh, my daughter has a feeding tube. She's had it her whole life. And I thought about us writing a book together about her feeding tube because there's not a lot of books about that disability out there. Well, I don't, I don't, well, I'm not a parent. Yeah. All right. But are there any books about a feeding tube that that's in, with kids? There's one. <laughs> And you'd have to put a spin on it so it's different, right? Where it's yep. not scary. It's not, you know, it's, uh, and you use analogies of like the, uh, the sun gives energy to the earth. The tube gives energy to the child or something here too, though. See? But yeah. I think you may come up and, you know, and um, whether it's you doing the art or getting somebody else, but it's around you. So remember, because John Holland said, oh, there's a children's book, doesn't mean to go. Right. Only, somebody said to me, well, I knew I'd write a book. Uh, eventually, if someone put me in front of a computer and says, okay, here you go, I set it up, start writing. You have to live it, you have to feel it, you will know when the time is right. And when that book does come out, it's because it was meant to happen, not because John Holland said. You yeah. have that ability. You I can manifest how, it when you want. Yeah, I love how Wayne Dyer says that when a book would come to him, he could sit down and within like 48 hours, it would just right. be there. Yeah. Yeah. Downloaded. Yeah. Down. Yeah. How did you get hooked up with Hay House? Synchronicity. I mean, when I was ready to write, when I moved to just really, because I know we're winding down. Yeah. Uh, when I came from California, uh, I went from, I lived in California, went to England. That's a whole series of events that brought me there, synchronicity. Came back, moved back to Massachusetts because my mom wasn't getting better. She had a lung disease. And I started to reach out to other psychics. Uh, just to see who's out there, who are my colleagues. And I reached out to one, uh, Lynn Robinson. And she, Lynn Robinson, lovely lady, intuitive coach. Um, I got to know her and, you know, as colleagues, she wasn't jealous. She wasn't like, hmm, who's coming into my territory, yeah. you know? <laughs> and then when it was time for me to write, she said, John, do you want to meet my agent? And I went, yeah, okay. I didn't ask her. She asked me. And I met her agent, John. And he said, do you have a book proposal? I said, well, I'm thinking this, here's the title. We put it together, sent it to Hay House. I was signed in a month. 
Wow. They came to see, now remember, this is back when not everybody was doing mediumship or it wasn't as popular. It was me, John Edward, John, Jane Fond Prague, George, notice all the G and J names. Um, (laughs) And, uh, you know, a lot in England, but not a lot in the States. And they said, okay, we like the proposal. We see you have some footage. I was on the show Unsolved Mysteries. They they like that. They said, we see the testimonials. We see the newspaper clippings. uh, But how are you on stage? And I said, well, as a matter of fact, I'm doing a demonstration tomorrow night. I'll just have somebody film it. So they filmed it. I sent it and they said, now we know we'll take you. Little did I know. They weren't just looking for an, a medium. They were looking for somebody. That it, was, it was when the I Can Do It tours started. And they said, we needed somebody, not just, to, they, they had psychic. They got Sonia Choquette for that. They needed somebody for when they start doing the I Can Do It tours to be the medium on stage. Well, I was part of those I Can Do It conferences for 12 years. And I'm talking the Wayne Dyers, the Deepak Chopas, the Marion Williamson, the Brian Weisses. These are all my colleagues, Greg Braden, Joe Dispenza. So somebody who's from the ghetto, okay, raised in that family, I am, I'm still in awe. I'm still grateful that I had that opportunity and still have that opportunity. You know, it's, um, and I used to go to these conferences, not just to speak, but I'd be going to watch them. So, you know, it's, it's blessed. But it, some people say, are you born with the horseshoe or what? I said, no, it's... <laughs> it's 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 I put the work out. I worked on that past conditioning also that yes I could have that I am worthy and it took a while but you know one thing led to another so yeah but thank you and I'm glad you had you know you read you know bridging two realms because there's a lot of stuff in there the whole first part of the book is if you lost somebody it tells it tells the the bereaved person what happens to your person before they pass during. And after the second half of the book is for someone who wants to do this kind of work. And I break it down for you and and I don't make it all bubbles and rainbows. You want to do this. This is what you need to need to do. So, yeah. You are such a ray of light. You can just see the light like funneling through you shining out. I, I judge not judge, but I base who I work with and who I have on the show based on the high vibration that I feel when I'm encountering their work, not just them physically. And okay. I was in an intense high vibration. I listened to your books on audible and okay. I loved hearing your voice. And Oh my God, that was a whole nother thing. I, when I wrote the book, I read it, reread it, edited it, reread it, edited it, edited it. And then anyone who writes, they'll know this. You're going to say this, this sucks. Well, this is so repetitive. It's when you go back a year or two later, like, oh my God, who wrote this? So when when that was done, I was done with it. It, And it was coming out. Then they said, we want you to go into the studio and record. And I'm like, oh my God, with my Boston accent, and I got to sit my ass in a chair for like, how long? I was like, no way. But with the audible, it was my first time. And as you listen, I don't know how much you listen, if you read, if you listen to the whole thing, but the first part, you can tell I'm reading. Okay, but afterwards, I it's it's like a free flow. It's it it's. But I'm glad I did it because a lot of people who have hearing who, who can't see were able to listen to it. That and what I what spirit shows me too is that we hold a vibration in everything we do. So right. our physical appearance holds a vibration. Our voice holds a vibration, and the your voice holds a vibration that instantaneously like gets people into that high vibration. So thank you for being an earth angel in this world. Oh, sweetie. Thank you. For all you do. Thank you for your time of just coming on here. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. And anybody listening out there, I highly recommend working with John, reading his books. He is the real deal. He is 
kind-hearted and just a, an earth angel. Yeah, they can anything they want about me. Go to johnholland.com. But there's a lot of resources there for people. It's not just about my readings and events that I'm doing. It's go to the uh, the, the resource link or the helpful links because there's a lot on there for people that uh, they can benefit from, and they might find something exactly what they needed at the right time. So, Julie, thank you so much. You too. Thank you so much. Have a blessed day. Thank you. Friends, if you'd like to hear from your angels and loved ones on the other side, book a one-on-one session via phone, FaceTime, or Zoom. You can also work with me one-on-one when you register to take the Angel Reiki School online to develop and use your own unique spiritual gifts. If you're just looking to be able to connect with your own personal angels, the Angel Communication online course will teach you how to hear, feel, and connect with your personal angels more clearly. Friends, if you get benefit from this podcast, please subscribe, rate us five stars, and ask a friend to listen. Don't forget to look in the show notes to see the winner of this month's free drawing. You're entered into the drawing when you write a five-star positive review and email it over to us so that we know how to contact you when you win. Now, if you have time, I want you to pause and do some energy work with me for a moment to lighten, clear, and reset your own energy. To start, I want you to take two deep breaths. Deep breath in. Deep breath out. Deep breath in. Deep breath out. Friends, as I walk you through this, I want you to use your imagination as an energy tool. Friends, your imagination isn't something that's not real. Your imagination is what every human being uses to create physical reality. How does a painter know what to paint? How does a sculptor know what to sculpt? How does a writer know what to write? They see it all within their mind, within the imagination, before it flows through them and is created within physical reality. Friends, I want you to start by seeing yourself surrounded by thousands of angels. These are all angels that work directly for God and they circle around you. They have this light, airy, warm, yummy presence to them. And my friends, they are simply pure love and they radiate their love from their being to yours. I want you to take a moment to just breathe deeply in and out as you see and feel the presence of all of these angels surrounding you, sending their love and light energy to you. Friends, next, I want you to see yourself surrounded by your loved ones on the other side. Your angels haven't gone anywhere. They're still right there, but now steps in your loved ones on the other side. Greet them, welcome them, 
take a moment within your imagination to give them the biggest hug and kiss. Friends, as we do this healing work together, I want you to see that every single being that is surrounding you is just surrounding you because they are connected to God and they want to help you as a soul here on earth to lift your energy, to make it lighter, to take any heaviness out of your aura, chakras, and body. In order for them to help you with this, what I want you to do is voice to them. See yourself in your imagination telling your angels, your loved ones on the other side, God energy of course is there too. Tell them what you are afraid of. I want you to be specific and explain your fears to them now. Now friends, I want you to see your loved ones and angels on the other side comforting you, holding you, wiping away your tears. I want you to see them telling you that you're going to be okay. Your family is going to be okay. I want you to see them showing you in their way from the other side that they are there helping you every step of the way and that they will never, ever leave your side. Friends, I want you to see or feel God energy, this pure, white, radiant light pouring down from above over you. And as you feel this pure love and light, this gentle waterfall just pouring over your head, filling your body, filling your auric field to the outside of you, filling every inch of your being around you. I want you to feel that as this light energy comes in, the highest vibration that is as it gently pours into your being, I want you to feel how all the heaviness within you just releases. With the snap of your finger, God takes every ounce of heavy, low vibrational energy within you. And with that snap of the finger, God turns all of it into the highest vibration, love, light energy 
Friends, I want you to imagine within your imagination your DNA strand. Now, the way that Spirit shows me the DNA and what it looks like is if you could imagine that double helix and that within that double helix are millions or billions of doors and windows. And those doors and windows open and close. And as they do, some serve your highest health and good, some do not. What I want you to do is say this prayer with me. My friends, this energy work does not have to take a lot of time. You're going to hear me say, use the snap of your fingers because within that snap of the fingers, your intention shifts the energy within your body. So you can say it, but please believe it. Know like you know like you know within your heart that you are changing the energy, the frequency within you to be pure, complete health. So say this little prayer with me now. God, please close all the doors and windows to my DNA that don't serve my highest health. With a snap of your fingers, see those doors and windows close. And God, please open all the doors and windows to my DNA that do serve my highest health. See those doors and windows open with a snap of your fingers. What I want you to do now is see yourself healthier than ever come September of this year. Daydream, visualize about what that health looks like and feels like to you within your body come September of this year. Take a moment to do this work right now and I'll come back to you with my voice in one minute. Friends, I want you to believe like you believe like you believe that you, your family, your friends, you are protected. You are safe. You are secure. Your angels are looking out for you. God is looking out for you. Your loved ones are looking out for you. See yourself as healthier than ever come September of this year. Now, I want you to pray with me for a moment for everyone else. God Please protect our nurses, doctors, and all healthcare professionals around the world. God, may you give each of them strength and protect them. God, please also protect all people who work in grocery stores, food service, or delivery. God, may you give each of them the strength and protection that they need. For all people who are suffering from COVID-19 themselves, God, may you take care of them and heal all who are able to be healed. Surround them with your divine protection. 
surround them with angels, and help every cell within their body to become completely 100% healthy again. God, for every person who has lost a job or had their income reduced, please clearly show them the path to healing, safety, security. Whisper to them in their hearts the direction that you would have them go. God, for every child on this planet, please help them to receive the attention, love, nurturing, and care that they so desperately need. God, please surround them with angels and allow them to feel the divine presence of your love and warmth. For those filled with hatred, God, we ask you to transmute that hate within their hearts into love energy, and we ask you to open up their hearts to make shifts and positive changes to help them raise their vibration. And everyone who is helping with the COVID-19 effort or response in some way, God, please be with each person who needs your strength. Clearly guide them and protect them with whatever they need at this time. Friends, finally, I want you to visualize Thanksgiving of this year. I want you to take a moment of silence to experience this daydream within your mind. See every single family member and friend and loved one there at the dinner table. See them happy, healthy. Feel the gratitude of this Thanksgiving beyond any other Thanksgiving in the past. Gratitude for being all together. Gratitude for all being healthy. Gratitude for the lessons learned. Gratitude for the relationships that grew deeper and the love that is between you all. Again, my friends, see your spirit team on the other side telling you that you are going to be okay. See them helping you. My friends, God loves you. Your spirit team loves you. I love you. Open up your heart like French doors to all of the unexpected blessings that they're trying to bring into your life right now. May you go forth with your day feeling lighter, and living in the high vibration that is God. Go forth in your day, surrounded by angels and your spirit team on the other side protecting you. Allow yourself to just be. Allow yourself to live in the high vibrational frequency that is God and carry it with you throughout your day. Friends, I have to have a disclaimer at the end. This podcast is to educate, inspire, and entertain you on your personal journey towards health and happiness. It is not intended to replace care best provided by qualified professionals, and it is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment.